0: Turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to look at just one verse of Scripture as our main text this morning. Uh, In order to truly understand that one verse, uh, we will look at many others all the way through the Bible. Um, But just one verse, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10 Uh, Just an incredible promise. Uh, The book of Proverbs is wise sayings, and certainly this is one of the great Proverbs uh, that God has given to us. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Let's read that one more time. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous runneth into it and is safe. That's Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10, the name of the Lord. Now, that's where the proverb starts. Uh, The name of the Lord is simply that. It is what we call him. His name, the Bible tells us, is A strong tower. Now, we believe in understanding our Bible literally, word for word, just the way it was written. But one of the things that we have to do in order to understand the Bible is we have to put it in its historical context. If we today were to think about a strong tower, uh, we, we may think of, what used to stand at the World Trade Center site. They were strong towers, but they were not for defense, they were not for armament, they, and, and they were destroyed uh, by the wickedness of mankind. In the day that Solomon wrote these Proverbs is roughly 900 years B.C. How many of you have ever heard of the Tower of London? Uh, it was built somewhere, began somewhere around 8, 900 A.D. Uh, and, uh, parts of that has been added to and, uh, and, and rebuilt and built again and all of those things until it is the massive edifice, uh, that it is today. But in, in the days of Solomon, the tower was the strongest and nearly impregnable place that you could store your goods or hide when the enemy attacked. It was almost impossible to get you when you were in a tower. There was no such thing as cannons. So you couldn't uh, blast your way through the foundation. You couldn't uh, do many of the things and, and, and... A tower that was properly fortified you could not approach and get near enough to tunnel under it because they would drop things off the tower on the people who got close to it i mean it was unlike any kind of fortress that we know today because we have got some weapons today that are just beyond the imagination of us who live today i mean they have these things, they call them bunker busters, that will bore down through 40 feet of rock, solid rock, and then explode. Uh, there's almost nothing that can't be blown up today by somebody. Uh, but they didn't have all of those weapons and things in those days. And a tower was the place that you were safe. You were above the, uh, the rocks and the stones and the swords and the arrows of the enemy, and yet you had freedom to rain down your weapons upon them, and they could not do anything. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, a fortress that cannot be taken. Then it has another phrase here. It says, the righteous runneth into it. And is safe. In medieval times, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the knights and shining armor and the horses and the big castles and, and, and all of those things. And what they would do is that the center of the castle was called the keep. Uh, the reason they used that name was because that's where you kept everything that was important. It, it was just that simple. And. When the enemy would attack, the people that were in the outlying areas living in the fields and tilling the ground would all run into the castle in behind the walls and they would all begin to camp inside that keep where they would be safe. Now that is the picture that is here today. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It cannot be taken, it cannot be overthrown by the enemy. But if you're going to be safe, you've got to hide inside the tower. But only one certain people run in the tower according to the wise saying here, the the proverb that we're looking at. It's not everyone that runs into the tower, it is the righteous that run into this tower. And I want to challenge you this morning, righteousness is not something you can get on your own. There is no way any man or any woman that ever lived can be right with God unless God makes you right with Him. Righteousness is something you must get from God. Now, the Bible says he's willing to give it to whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. It's not unattainable. But by the way, the inference here is someone that is not righteous would not be safe or would not run into this tower to save themselves. This would be a place that they would not want to go. And we read the Bible and we understand that the thing that draws us closer to God is His righteousness in our lives. That's what makes us want to get closer to God. And when we disobey God and we break His rules, the fellowship and the closeness that we have to God suffers. Now, according to the Scripture, you cannot lose your salvation. But you can lose your fellowship. You can lose the joy of your salvation, though you cannot lose your salvation. You can lose the blessings of God in your life. But you cannot lose God. The inference there is that if you're righteous and you're not living for God... That unrighteousness will keep you from entering the tower and being safe. That's what this proverb is talking about. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It says the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Now, how many of you listen to the news and keep up with what's going on in our world? Three, four? Come on, this is New York City. I mean, okay, that's a little more like, I mean, most of us try to keep up on what's going on in the world around us, do we not? How many of you frightened by what you hear going on in the world around you? Okay, all the honest ones, including my, we raise our hands. I mean, it is it is a scary world in which we live. How many people remember when you could uh, order your own bomb shelter for your backyard? Does anybody remember that? I mean, it was just after World War II, the invention or, or the advent of the atomic bomb and and uh, uh I remember even when I was in grade school uh, uh not always but several times uh when I was in public school they they made us get down on our knees and put our heads under our desk and practice uh for the event that the Russians would send the planes over and drop the bombs and and, and of course the thing that they didn't tell you uh, when they sold you these little bomb shelters that you could bury in your backyard, that in order for them to do any good, uh, you had to have a self-contained air system that they didn't provide for you. Uh, it had to be buried at least 60 feet under the ground, which you weren't going to do in your backyard. Um, they were basically Worthless. About the only thing that could happen today is if you stumble upon one of those old rusty rotten bomb shelters from the 50s, you could fall in and get hurt real bad. Uh, That's about the only thing they ever accomplished. In fact, on the outside of this building, back from the 50s, they put one of those little uh, funny symbols that says, this is a fallout shelter. The only problem is, All the basement walls have windows in them. (laughs) Uh, If you know anything about fallout, it goes through windows. Uh, Why they put that designation on this building is is beyond physical science. Let me tell you that. Uh, There is no reason why it should be there. Uh, But far be it from us to take it down, I imagine we'd be violating some kind of code or rule or something... Uh but the world looks for safe havens. Most of them aren't safe. You can't even listen to the radio today. Buy gold. Well, you know what the new one is now? Because gold's coming down now. Buy silver! It won't be for long before it'll be. Buy titanium or buy platinum or. Uh, they haven't said buy dollars in a long time. When's the last time you've heard a U.S. savings bond commercial? Uh, nobody's buying that anymore because it's not very safe like it used to be. The whole world is trying to find some place to be safe. A thousand years before Jesus was born, Solomon, king of Israel, wrote this proverb that tells us where you can be safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it. And is safe. Now, I don't know how many of you have met your friendly neighborhood Jehovah's Witnesses. And uh, they'll go around, they'll ask you questions and different things. And one of the questions they always ask, uh, well, what's the name of God? First question. Now, this is the Bible answer. God has hundreds of names. There are hundreds of names of God in this book called the Bible. And every one of them is with significance. In fact, as I was preparing this message, uh, I began to think, maybe I ought to divide this thing up and maybe we ought to spend the next six months on the names of the Lord Sunday morning. I, I don't know if we're going to do that. It would be a wonderful study, I'll tell you that. But God has many names in the Bible. In fact, the word God, capital G, capital O, capital D, is one of his names. And that name just means the supreme being. Now, by definition, by understanding of words if words mean anything you can only have one supreme being that's that's definition of words you can't change that you can't have two supreme beings you could have two equal beings but the word supreme ultimate the the you can only have one supreme being and that's the definition of the word god there are many gods in the world in which we live the hindu religion boasts when i when i was a kid they boasted over 300,000 now they'll tell you over 300 million and somebody got their zeros mixed up somewhere but I'll, i'll tell you it's it's more gods than you could imagine There are gods everywhere you go. I'll tell you what, you can can go down to the automobile dealership and watch people worshiping their God. You ever seen that? It's not your girlfriend. It's that shiny red or black or green or purple or orange or some other disgusting color car and they worship that thing it is scary how many different gods people have made to themselves i never will forget as long as god gives me a memory we were out street preaching on 30th avenue and a guy waves a dollar bill and says here's my god well, that would have worked if it was a Methodist preacher or Presbyterian. But being a Baptist, we we don't let things like that pass. Uh, and I said, do you know? Uh, I was standing up on the platform and he's just waving it by thinking he's going to be a smart aleck. And I, I said, does the date October 29th, 1929 mean anything to you? And that was the response I got. How many people know what October 29th, 1929 was? I said, that's the day your God died, my friend. That was the stock market crash. We've heard of stock market crashes. The stock market has lost upwards of 50%. On that day, the stock market went down over 75%. Everything you had was worthless. It was the beginning of what we call the Great Depression. And if you think that depression was only limited to the United States, you're sadly mistaken. It was a worldwide economic meltdown. Uh, My aunt was married during the Depression. And she told me, she said, listen, this doesn't make any sense to you. She said, but if you didn't keep your credit at the grocery store, Did you start? She said, a loaf of bread was a nickel. She said, but you didn't have the nickel to go buy it. She said, when you got your paycheck at the end of the week, you went around to the different people you did business with and you would give 50 cents at the grocery store. That didn't pay your bill, but it just kept you... With credit and, and you go to the rent and you would pay your dollar or so there just to keep everything current. She said it, it was a horrible time. Until the day she died, she kept her basement stocked well. Because she didn't want that to ever happen again. People who live through things like that. I'll tell you it, 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 you, it changes the way they look at life. The Bible tells us the name of the Lord. Now, it doesn't say the person of the Lord or the attributes of the Lord. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It says the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Now, I want us to look at just four, if we can, of the names of Of the Lord today. The first one I want us to do is in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. God is talking to Moses. Hundreds of times God has revealed himself to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, the children of Israel. We come here to the book of Exodus. And God has appeared to Moses in a burning bush on Mount Sinai. And God has told Moses that I'm going to send you back into Egypt to bring my people out. And Moses asked him a very simple question. Verse 13, it says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto them. Unto you, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Now that is a strange name, is it not? But it is a very defining name. This is the simplest verb in every language. We call it to be or the being verb. God said, I am. That I am. No one but God could make that statement. God is saying in that statement... That he is the eternally self-existent one. Every one of us in this room had a beginning. We call it a birthday. Uh, You didn't get to your birthday by yourself. Somebody got you there. It's called mom and dad. Amen? Your parents came together, you were conceived, you gestated, as they say, you were developing inside your mother's womb, and then came that eventful day, the day of birth, and that is why you are here today, is because you were born. God didn't have birthday. I remember meeting somebody once that said, well, there were three gods that were swirling around in eternity past, and they came together and became one God. I'll tell you what, I don't know what he was smoking, maybe drinking, but I'll guarantee it was intoxicating. Because no one in their right mind can read the Bible and come up with something like that. God said, I am the eternally self existent one. I am because of who I am. Nobody started me. Nobody helps me. I am. Period. In the Hebrew, that is Jehovah. Uh, Don't get caught up in this modern Hebrewism called Yahweh, Uh, that is just, for lack of a better illustration, I'll oversimplify it. That is just someone trying to appeal and make themselves appear to be a Hebrew scholar. It's It's an appeal to you worshiping their intellect. The Hebrew word is Jehovah. When you bring it into English, don't try to improve on that. It is listed in our Bible several places as Jehovah. Um, That is God's name. Every time in your Bible, if you have a King James Bible, every time you see capital L with a little capital O, capital R, capital D, the word Lord with all capital letters, that is referring to this title of God, this name of God, Jehovah. It is listed in your King James Bible 5,552 times in the Old Testament. Someone said, well, the Bible never claims to be the Word of God. 5,552 times! Are you blind, my friend? What is wrong with you? I mean, God put His name in here. In the first 39 books of the Bible, 5,552 times, another 299 times, He says the Lord God. And hundreds and hundreds of other times, different names of God is used. By the way, it's interesting in and. And I want you to, to put on your thinking caps for just one minute. I, and I, I know if you're used to being here, you know that we want to think when we study the Word of God. But uh, I want you to see this. God's name as he gave it to Moses. I am that I am. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to get the connection that is being made here in the Scriptures. If you do not have Hebrews 11, 6 memorized, I, I, would, I, I would ask you, I would beg and plead with you to put this verse in your memory and in your heart. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe what that he is. Do you get it? I am that I am. Must believe that he is. It's the same words. It's the same verb. God is. There is a connection being made here to Jehovah God of the Old Testament. And to the God that gives you your salvation in the New Testament, you must believe. If you if you have faith, you must believe that He is. God said, "I am, that I am." There is a connection here. You see, how is that a strong tower that I can run into and be safe? Oh, very simple. Can you tell me something else that was, is, 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 and always will be is? Can you tell me something else that has always been? Someone says, well, the earth has always been. No. It was created. It has a beginning. You say, how do you know that? Well, According to the scientists, who believe it got here by chance, they can measure the fact that the earth is slowing down in its rotation. Now, don't get worried. It's not near as traumatic as global warming. It's only going to take about a billion years for the earth to slow down enough to fall out of orbit. But it is incrementally slowing down. If something is slowing down... That meant that it was once going faster? It's like the top that you spin on the table. Only God does a little better at spinning than we do. Amen? Everything is decaying, is it not? We have this tendency to think that we are the highest level of intellectual attainment known to mankind. I I want to challenge you that we are not. We can do things that were never done before, yes. But there's not a building company in the world today that could reconstruct the great pyramids of Egypt as they were built. We don't have that technology. They put together Stonehenge, and we can't explain how they moved the rocks from where they came from to where they were, let alone how they knew where to put them up and make an entire lunar calendar out of pillars that predicted with the utmost accuracy the phases of the sun. For centuries at a time. They have no clue. There is no equipment known to mankind. That could carve the statues that were found on Easter Island. And transport them across the ocean and put them there. Here's the answer. UFOs. That's what people believe. Uh Uh-oh, come on, give me a break. God is. We're not as smart as we think we are. Man did all those things without the help of alien creatures. Trust me. No such thing as UFOs. Don't go there. You say, but there's so much evidence. Let me just challenge you. Have you ever met anyone that really believed in UFOs? I've met a few. Would you trust me? You don't want to be like that. Do you believe me? Would you trust me? I've met people who really believe in UFOs and they talk about them all the time and they study that stuff. You don't want to be like that. Because they're. People call me weird. Let me tell you, I ain't got nothing on them. But I believe this book called the Bible because He is. I can trust God. I trust Him for no other reason than that He is. People are looking for an anchor. They're looking for something to hold on to. They're looking for something that will give life meaning. Let me tell you, the God of this book gives life meaning. You see, we're going to get ahead of myself here a little bit, but we value things on this earth. If you have any question about that, just log into ebay. Everything has a value. This was a dinner napkin that Angelique Jolie wiped her mouth on and somebody's going to sell it on eBay. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's not near as ridiculous as some of the things that are actually on there. People value everything, but let me tell you that the God who eternally self-existent is, valued your soul enough to send His Son to die on a cross to pay the price for your sins. You want self-esteem? You want value? I find it in the God that is because He is. I am that I am. You see, that keeps me from going crazy when the global warming people say the earth's going to melt and be destroyed in ten years. How many of you remember Y2K? The world was going to end. The banks didn't know how to upset the the computer chip and they were going to lose $10 billion a second as soon as the clock ticked 12 and the world was going to be bankrupt before the sun came up. Those of you that were in this church, you remember what we did. We started in July. Nearly every Sunday. Don't believe the hype. If the Pentagon can build the missiles, they certainly can change the clock in the computer that controls the missiles. And by the way, Chase Manhattan is in the business of making money. Do you think they're going to lose it, $10 billion a second, if they can just change the clock on their dumb computers? Yes. And what happened at Y2K? nothing it was the quietest new year in the history of mankind and it wasn't because bill clinton was president either it was because he is and we started six months before almost every hey, god is he's not going to let this stuff happen Because he is. Now, the Bible says there's a lot of stuff that is going to happen. Read the book of Revelation. But it will happen in God's time period. And I'm not going to be here to watch it happen. Because I'm getting out of here. Amen? Because he's promised me. He says, I'm going to save you from the wrath to come. Don't believe Marv Rosenthal. He wrote a book. God's going to save you from the wrath to come. You only have to go through the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. Well, according to the Bible, only about a quarter of the world's population dies in the first three and a half years. That's a pretty mild period, right? No, God saves his people from the whole thing. Not going to be here. His name is Jehovah. I am Jehovah. That I am. And by the way, if you meet any Jewish people today, they will not pronounce that name. They will not pronounce any of the names of God because they misread their own scriptures. You change one little hyphenation mark. The Bible says that you should name the name of the Lord. You change one of those little jo- uh, one of those little tittles, and it says, "Cursed be he that names the name of the Lord." And somewhere they misinterpret it, they will not even mention the name of God today. They will not pronounce it. But I promise you, after if God put it in the Bible, five hundred I mean five thousand five hundred and fifty-two times, if you read the scripture, you've got to say the name. God wants you to pronounce his name in a holy and glorifying name. Don't get caught up in this, oh my God, stuff. That's blasphemy. That is an insult to God. Don't get caught up in this, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, well, if you're Orthodox, you do it this way, and if you're uh, Catholic, you do it the other way. And those are abbreviated prayers, my friend. That is using God's name in vain. It's not just something to pull out of the hat every time something bad happens. His name is special. It's meant to be referred to prayerfully, carefully. It's not to be made common. It's not part of our regular language. It's to be held in in reverence. It's to be special. What would you do if someone used your name? Like you use God, like some people use God's name. Oh, Pete Montoro. I'd get a little upset about that, wouldn't you? It's not my fault. I get upset when people say for Pete's sake. Now if you've said that don't admit it, all right? <laughs> but normally I look at him and say I didn't have anything to do with that. Oh, I'm sorry, pastor. I didn't mean to say that. I do the same thing when somebody uses the Lord's name in vain. Don't curse Jesus because the line is long at the post office. If you had enough guts, go curse the person behind the counter. But you'll get thrown out and you won't get your stamp. So stand in line and shut up. Amen. (laughs) Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. His name means the eternal self-existent one. There's no way I'm going to get through all four this morning. But let's try for number two. This is the name Lord. Now, this is capital L, little O, little R, little D is how it's delineated in English in your King James Bible. There are different Hebrew words for this and different ways that it's put there. 292 times we find the Lord God in our Bible. Now, that word Lord simply means master. That's all it means. The Lord God, he's in charge. It says in the book of Romans, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, what? The Lord Jesus. Now, you do not have to be a grammarian and understand all the ins and outs of English grammar to get the significance of this but that little word the is utmost important it is a defining we call it an article it determines that uh, everything about that noun when I say the it's talking about one singular thing when I talk about a something that's the other article A, and, I'm talking about one of many. You see, this is a Bible that I own, because I own more than one Bible, praise God. This is the Bible that I'm holding in my hand, because I'm only holding one. If you're going to be saved today, the Bible says... You can only have one Lord. It cannot be the church and the Savior. It cannot be the Pope or the Patriarch or the Grand Puba or the General Council or the uh, Apostles or... Whatever other group, the name that you have, the general order of the presbytery, you cannot have any other group or man standing with God. It's got to be one Lord. And He has the right to tell you what the difference between right and wrong is, Because he's the only one that was here from the beginning. And he's the only one that will be here when it's all over. He is the eternal self-existent one that puts him in that position of Lord. You say, how can I run into the name of the Lord and be safe? Well, it's very simple. How many of you have been in a real panic situation? And you just didn't know what to do. And you're just standing there trying to, what do I do? What do I do? And most people, when they get into a panic situation, they just run in circles, screaming, and shout. Uh, and then somebody showed up that knows what to do and they start barking orders. Don't you feel safe when that happens? Because now, so you should going. Somebody knows more than I do. I'm going to just get out of the way. I'm going to do what I'm told. Uh, You see how you could be safe when you have someone there that knows what's going on and all you have to do is listen to what he says because he says so. Because he is. That's the Lord. You know what his other name is? How about Jesus? How many people know what the Old Testament form of Jesus is? The Hebrew. Joshua. You know what the name means? Salvation is of Jehovah. See, I don't think I have to spend as much time explaining these other names as I did the first one. How can you run into the name Jesus and be safe? Well, that's real easy. Get saved. Amen? You have God's salvation. It comes through His name. You say, but what about the church? Well, that's real easy. That's His body. He's the head. And the Bible tells us in the the book of Colossians that we need to hold the head. We need to respect Him and know that it's from Him all of us get our salvation and our ability to serve in His body, the church. Amen? And don't get caught up in the ethereal, invisible body that spreads out all over the world. doesn't work. In order for a body to be a body, all the parts got to be in the same place and they got to be attached to each other. And, they, and it really helps if they're working together. I mean, when the heart beats, if the blood goes through the body, you have life. Uh, If you don't, I mean, we might have a scientific demonstration here or some kind of autopsy or something like that, but you don't have life. You want life, all the parts got to be connected. It's not Dr. Frankenstein. It is service to the Savior. And you say, You you're really confusing me there. Well, come see me afterwards and we'll we'll spend some time and explain that. But it this is the picture, and if you'll just accept the picture for what it is, it'll make the scripture understandable. Each church is responsible directly to Jesus Christ to serve him his way. We don't take that responsibility away from any of our members. If you're a member at this church, you've got a responsibility to help us serve Christ. Somebody says, who makes all your decisions? The church does. It is a committee of the whole because the body is the one that's got to do it. It's not the pastor that makes all of our decisions. It's not some little group of people that make our decisions. It's every one of us as a church that makes our decisions because Jesus Christ is the head it says, For as the husband is the head of the wife, even Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Colossians 1.18, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Is Jesus your Savior? If you're trusting in a church, if you're trusting in good works, if you're trusting in anything, You're not in the tower, my friend. To get in the tower, you've got to believe. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What is his name? Jehovah. Lord Jesus. That is his name. But here's the one I think you'll enjoy the most. Matthew chapter six, verse nine. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven. That's his name. But he's not your father, unless he's first your Savior. He will not be your Savior unless. Until you recognize him as the Lord. And you cannot understand his authority until you believe that he is God and he alone is God. That's how it works. I'm not here to revile any other gods. What I am here to do is to tell you to look at the God that is in this book called the Bible and you'll find out he is the God of all gods. He is the only one that claims eternal self-existence. In the religion of Buddhism, you can become, very few people do according to their own religion, but you can become a Buddha. You can become into the highest level and become an equal or a co-equal with Buddha in the religion of the hindus you can become part of the eternal nothingness which is the highest level that you can attain only god claim, only the god of this book called the bible claims eternal self existence and he says i want to be involved in your life But here's how I'm going to be involved. You must recognize my authority as God. Just because you recognize His authority, does that mean that you'll never sin again? I wish it did. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? But that's not where we live. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Then we can pray our Father. Because he's not only my Father, he's the Father of everyone that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that does for us? It makes us brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I don't know how many people have said over the years, Pastor, it's kind of weird. I think I'm closer to people in the church here than I am to members of my own family. Uh, No, that's not weird. It's because we are. We have the same Savior. We have the same Father. That makes us part of the same family. How many of you have weird relatives? Okay, don't get upset about who else is a member of the church. Amen? Enough said. Love the Father. And you'll love the strange family members as well. Amen? You see, the church of Jesus Christ is a place where everyone can be accepted. God loves you so much, He will only save you the way you are right now. But He's not going to let you stay that way. He's going to change your life. And it's only for the better. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is saved. Let me ask you, are you safe today? Are you safe in the tower? I have been safe in the tower since August 28, 1977. That's when I got saved. If you're not safe in the tower today, there's no place you can be safe in this world. Will you trust Jesus as your Savior? If you're saved, you have no business being outside the tower. It's not safe out there. We don't retreat from the world. Whole another sermon. But we live for the Savior, and that keeps us safe. Let's pray, Dear Heavenly Father. We come before you today. Lord, we ask that you would burn within our minds and our hearts. and Lord, I just have to admit both publicly and before you that I feel like we haven't even begun to cover the subject of today's message. Lord, I pray that the little bit that we have touched on today would help us understand a little bit more about who you are. Lord, my prayer is that there would not be one here today who lives outside the tower, who who has not trusted Jesus as their personal Savior. Lord, my prayer is that they would be saved today, that they would just surrender their heart and life to you. Lord, we pray that the deceptions of this world and the false doctrines and the And the deceptions of self and the deceitfulness of sin would not keep us from seeing the simple truth of believing Jesus as our Savior, of running in to that strong tower and being safe from all that goes on around us. We ask that you would have your will and way during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray.